Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Jeremy Scott Fitness Podcast Radio Show. Coming to you on this Sunday, June the 27th, 2021. Hopefully it finds you staying safe and staying sweaty all at the same time. On today's episode, we are going to be talking about how to stay motivated when you have plateaued or stopped making progress, stopped losing fat, building muscle, uh, getting out of debt, whatever your goal is, this is going to be applicable to that. Uh, Obviously, this is a fitness podcast, so we are going to tie it into the way that you eat, the way that you train. But if you want to think of it outside of the vertical vector of that, I think you can apply this to pretty much every other area of your life. And so we're going to do this uh, in a few different pieces and go down a couple different rabbit holes here. Uh, but before I kick into the podcast, reminder, we're brought to you by my homies over at Beam CBD. This is the product to take every single night before I go to sleep to help me wake up and not feel like a bag of shit, basically. Uh, I take the Dream product. It has 20 milligrams of the nano CBD. It has melatonin in there. Uh, I feel my best when I take it, as opposed to when I don't, I find when I don't take it, I wake up way more often, which disrupts my sleep patterns, my workouts suck, I come here, I'm kind of like a zombie, it's not good for anybody. Uh, if you guys want to check it out, the site beamtlc.com, you can put in the code Jeremy Scott, it'll get you 35% off all subscriptions, 20% off all products, and if you really want to try the exact product that I take, you can shoot us a message on Instagram, send us a an email or fill out the contact page on the website. Monica will send a couple packs to you. You can try them before you go to sleep, see how you feel, and then get hooked up with all the free stuff. My wife actually takes uh, the salve. She rubs the CBD on her soft tissue. She does like the uh, the tincture oils as well. And then obviously she takes the dream product. She always does the powder. Uh, I'll do the pills and the powder for sleep. But again, it's not habit forming. Uh, you don't wake up feeling groggy. It will not make you high. You got to go somewhere else for that. And you won't fail a drug test. These guys through and through are some of the best in the business. We've had both the founders on the podcast, good dudes, and that's uh, why we work with them. So if you're interested, the site beamtlc.com, put in the code Jeremy Scott to save all the money you want to save, or hit me up and we'll send you a couple packs to try and uh, see if it can help you guys get a little bit better sleep. Because I just know what sucks, man, when you can't sleep, uh, whether it's you know, personal stuff in your life going on, your brain's wandering, we've all been there, you wake up at 2am and you can't turn your head off, that sucks, and uh, it just ruins the next day and sometimes even the day after, so hit me up and uh, we'll see what you can do for you guys, and then also, this episode's brought to you by my homies at Athletic Greens, you already know it's the one thing I take every single day, I never miss, if you are someone who struggles to eat enough vegetables in their life, and let's be real, most people don't eat nearly enough. We're talking like, you know, 10 to 12 servings of fruits and veggies a day, different kinds. That's damn near impossible. And even if you could stomach all that, it's just really hard for a lot of people to digest. It, you become this, you know, kind of bloated, disgusting fart monster, especially if you've ate no veggies and then you eat like five cups in a day. It's just not a good look. And even me as a health person, I value what I put in my body. It's really hard for me to personally digest that many fruits and veggies. So I eat as many as I can. I try to do my best, but I fill the gaps with athletic greens. I literally take a pack, I rip it, throw it in water, slam it, and I'm good to go. The best tasting greens on the planet by far. All of you guys have, you know, filled your body with Goldschlager and wild turkey 
and bush lights and you name all the other disgusting things you've drinking before, those things are not good for you. Athletic Greens tastes a thousand times better than that. It is the best tasting greens on the planet and it's good for you. So if you're looking for something that A, has all the vitamins and minerals you need for the day, has digestive enzymes in it, which is awesome for you guys, has a dairy-free probiotic, over 7 billion culture count. There's no GMOs, no herbicides, no pesticides. It's gluten-free, dairy-free, corn-free, lactose-free. It's basically badass. If you're interested, the site, athleticgreens.com slash Jeremy Scott, we can get you a year's supply of free vitamin D, which is essential for all of you guys, and five free travel packs with your first order. If you've listened to me for a million podcasts and you've never tried it and you're on the fence, hit me up. I will have Monica send you a pack right to your front door. I don't care what state, country, providence you live in. We will get you a pack to try, and you'll taste it, and you'll be like, oh, shit, this actually does taste really good. Then we can hook you up with all the free stuff. Um, or if you're interested, obviously, right now, athleticgreens.com slash Jeremy Scott, you get hooked up with all the free stuff, and they'll send it right to your front door. I never go anywhere without the travel packs. I'm actually traveling over the 4th of July. I'll be getting on an airplane, and I can assure you I will have at least five packs in my bag with me where I go. So if I'm stuck somewhere with friends and they want to have a couple beers and maybe I can't eat and drink my normal stuff, at least I'm getting in enough micronutrients, vitamins, and minerals with the Athletic Greens. That's how much I believe in it. So again, hit me up. I'll send you guys a pack. I don't care where you live at. You can try it. Who else is doing that? Nobody, but we're fucking crazy here. And I believe in it that much and I think it can help you. And that's it. So that is what we are jumping into today. Uh, I'm going to do this in like three different parts. This is not, you know, normally how I would jump into a podcast, but let's be real. We're just all making up shit as we go. If you lived through 2020 and you didn't realize that the entire world is made up by people just throwing a bunch of rules together, well, this is this is the time you realize it and this podcast is going to be no different. Um, we're talking about when you plateau, and I don't really use that word a ton. It's not something I say to people here because uh, I don't, I don't really believe in that. And obviously, from the outside, that sounds crazy. But I look at life in general as this uphill battle. That's kind of how I think of everything. And so, if you're, you know, plateauing uphill, what would happen? You'd basically roll backwards. I look at it as like you have wheels on a wagon. There's no emergency brake that's going to hold you in place. So if you're pushing this wagon up a hill, every single day you're either moving forwards or you're moving backwards. Because if you try to coast uphill, obviously you know you're going to roll back down. That's the way I think of most areas of life, if not all areas. And I think with health and fitness, if you're talking fat loss or building muscle or moving closer to your goals in athletics or finances or your relationship, it's pretty much the same. But regardless if we can differ on, you know, plateau is the word, there's going to be times when you're not making as much progress as you want. There's going to be times when things feel like they're stalling or where you're maybe treading water and you're just not as motivated. And oftentimes, that can come from impatience. It can come from different areas of frustration. And then obviously there's a sense of entitlement, which I'm going to tie in a piece by Rory Vaden that he, he wrote that is going to fit perfectly with this episode. But before I kick in here, I'm going to read something that I snapped on Facebook. It had to have been months ago. And I knew it would be important uh, and it would come into play here 
and this is probably the best podcast for it. So as you guys are going through your transformation, and again, this can be anything. It can be your physical transformation. It can be an emotional one. It can be a mental one. It can be pulling yourself out of debt. It can be you getting an advanced degree, climbing the corporate ladder. I don't give a shit what it is. People will say things when they're looking at other people, comparing, and they'll use the phrase, must be nice. And they'll say it in the context of, it must be nice for that person to have that set up and that set up and that set up. And we're all guilty of it, uh, for sure. At a young age, I'm sure I said it 800 times a day, must be nice that, you know, Ricky got a new car. Must be nice that Bobby lives in a ball and house and I got a, a beater piece of shit living in an apartment. But when you do that, you're comparing. And if you've listened to me for any amount of time, comparison is the thief of joy. That's why we put it on t-shirts here. We have it blasted uh, on the gym wall here. And I'm not a fan of it. And a lot of people will say that without knowing the full context, without knowing what somebody has given up or the price that they've paid. And I stumbled across this post. Uh, the name on it is Brandon Hansen. No clue who the guy is, but if this is who wrote it, respect to you, dude, because I feel this uh, to my core. And a lot of you guys out there who have been successful at anything, which all of you listening have been successful at something. I don't give a shit what it is. Uh, you graduated high school, you graduated college, you played sports, you've transformed your body, you became a great parent. Whatever your, whatever your arena is, you've excelled in something. And somebody, I can promise you from the outside, has looked at you and said, oh, must be nice for so-and-so, without realizing the amount of time, effort, energy, dedication, and sacrifice you put in to being the person they're seeing today. Just like a lot of you guys listening to me ramble on and talk right now, 15 years ago, I was not this person. You know, I wish we could have documented all these things and for someone to look at me and say, oh, must be nice for him to get that break today, not knowing that I've died a million times to get here. So Brandon Hansen put out this piece that says, and I quote, next time you say, damn, must be nice, you might want to understand the lifestyle that has made that so appealing to you. Eight to five didn't make it. Parking your ass on a couch to watch TV every night didn't make it. Sleeping in on Saturdays didn't make it. Calling in when sick didn't make it. Being content with where you were didn't make it. When you see someone and you say it must be nice, more often than not, it came from working 15 to 20 hour days. And yes, that's a real thing in the crazy ass entrepreneur world. It came from beating the sun up. It came from working on weekends. It came from sacrificing family time. It came from wanting to be a little bit better each and every day. And it came at wanting to be better tomorrow at the expense of today. These are a few things to consider before you throw out the phrase, Oh, must be nice to be them, to somebody else. We're all a product of our competence, and the extra effort makes the biggest difference for all of us at the end of the day. And I, I just wanted to share that because I, I thought it would ring true with how we're going to go through this episode. When you see somebody who's excelling at something, and obviously there's outliers, you know, genetics is real. Some people are naturally gifted, i.e., you're Randy Moss. I'm not saying. I got a huge poster room behind me if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, I love Randy. You know, he's, he's all time. Uh, and I'm not saying he didn't work his ass off and work super hard, but he has some gifts that I clearly don't. I was not going to run a 4-2. 
I'm not like 6'4 with like a 6'7 wingspan and could just show up and not even stretch and just go out and torch the Cowboys for like four touchdowns and 200 yards. That was not going to fucking happen for me, you know, but I'm not saying he didn't work as well. So there is genetics. Obviously, that's real. There's people who inherited a bunch of money. There's people who started off in different stations of life. All that aside, when you see other people excelling in something, odds are it's because they have put in a ridiculous amount of work to get there. And all you're seeing more often is the end product. It's like when you watch a movie, you only see it for 90 minutes, not knowing that that thing took eight months to make and how many people and how much money and how much effort and dedication and thought went into it. That's how I think of most people who really excel at stuff. And there's another quote from Usain Bolt. And the quote is, I trained four years to run nine seconds and people give up when they don't see results in two months. I'll repeat that again, just so you catch it. Now, this is the fastest man alive, freak show. But he trained his ass off to be there. And he took these, you know, gifts from God, if you will, and merged them in this work ethic and then timing, hard work, everything molded together and boom, you have this. But he said, and I quote, I trained four years to run nine seconds and people give up when they don't see results in two months. That's a powerful statement because it's true. And in fitness, we see it, you know, more often than not. It's, it's not easy to do this. It's not easy to be super fit. It's not easy to get super fit. And the harder thing, it's, it's even more difficult to stay super fit for an extended period of time. And when we talk about you guys hitting plateaus and not making progress, you have to be realistic with how much time, effort, energy you've put in. And the question I always ask people when they get really frustrated is, what's your other option? You know, what are you going to do when the results don't come as quickly, when the progress isn't moving as fast, when you feel like you're at a stalemate, right? Like you're just treading water and you're not getting any closer to shore. What is your option? It's to keep treading water and trying to inch forward to shore. Otherwise, you're going to fucking drown. And that's how I have, you have to think about it that way. But yet, we all want to do stuff. Well, I've worked really hard for three months. That's cool. Try three years. Try 13 years. It just depends where you are on the journey. And, and we all want to skip chapters, right? But when you read a book, you don't go from chapter one to chapter nine. The, the book wouldn't make any fucking sense. You have to go through the chapters. So hopefully that makes sense what I'm saying here. And I'm going to share with you guys like just seven, seven tips, if you will, that can kind of help you along the way. And my homies over at JLab Pro, which is the a supplement company that I've worked with for over a decade. Uh, it's the protein powder we take. Uh, if you guys want any info on it, just obviously hit me up. Uh, and I work with Jay and those guys that make great stuff. They're good people. They put out a lot of good stuff. This is from an old archive file. And it's kind of like seven tips to help you bust through a plateau if you're stuck somewhere to keep making progress moving forward. And obviously, everybody's going to be different when I go through this. No two transformations are going to be the same. But trust me, if you follow them, these seven outlines, I think you'll end up being healthier, happier. You'll be in a better mindset, which is crucial. And you're going to keep moving forward and keep pushing the needle forward. And I'll say this before I even kick in. It's tough, dude. Um... I've said this on a million podcasts and I'll keep saying it, you know, fat loss is easy once you realize how hard it is. So for all of you guys out there trying to be lean, it's tough to do, man. I get it. It's really easy to be overweight. We live in a world where we have access to 5,000 calories for five bucks. 
you can eat any kind of food you want in an instant. And now you don't even have to leave your house. They're going to deliver that shit to your door. It's fucking crazy. Uh, it's tough to do. You have to win these little internal battles, you know, two, three, four times a day, every day, every time you eat, you have to sell yourself on why you should eat the right thing versus the wrong thing. It's tough to do. There's social pressure. There's travel. We work now more than ever. We're inundated with so much information. I get it. Um, and so you have to understand it's a fight you're going to be in until you die. That's the truth. Um, that's why eating right is so tough. It's not something you can just do for three months and then say, oh, now I'm, you know, ripped like Rambo. And then just I can ride out those results forever. No, no, no. This is something you're going to have to do until you die. That's why finding a sustainable lifestyle is the key. If it's not sustainable, it's not going to be attainable long term. The first thing I would tell you guys to do is just get your mind clear. Uh, if you're a person who's visual, uh, if you ever come to my office here, I have about no less than probably 10 post-its on my desk at all times. It's kind of my version of like a vision board. Uh, I'm not super fancy. Monica would, would be the fancier one of us here in the office. But I post them everywhere. So I can see, you know, what I want to do, what the vision is going to look like and what the future is going to look like, whether it's tomorrow, next week, next month. And I have short term, medium and long term goals that helps me. If you're a person who can be a little bit more artistic and dynamic, that would help as well. But I do think creating a vision board or having an environment that is conducive to you being successful is going to help you a lot. If you come in the office, obviously we post a lot of comical stuff in here, but there is a ton of motivational quotes and things that drive me that I look at every single day that pull me up out of the seat to get in there and keep moving forward and keep making progress. And not just in, in fitness, I'm a fitness person, I should be fit, but in everything else in my life, there's actually a huge poster on the wall here. And it's the, uh, it's from Rocky Four. if you guys obviously are fans. And he wrote, you know, to beat me, he's going to have to kill me. And to kill me, he's going to have to have the heart to stand in front of me. And to do that, he's going to have to be willing to die himself. And then the, the famous Drago quote at the bottom, if he dies, he dies. And you're going to have to give that amount of effort in certain things. Not, I'm not literally saying, you know, go die for your goals. But you're going to have to push yourself beyond what anybody else would expect of you. You're going to have to do it when nobody else is watching. And that's what pays the biggest dividends. When you're trying to keep making progress and change the physical body, you have to understand like what you do in private is what people are going to praise you for in public. It's the shit you do when no one's watching. It's when you're eating healthy and no one's around. It's when you're pushing a sled and nobody else is in the gym. Those things pay the biggest dividend. It's when you're in your office doing a podcast and returning 300 fucking emails and Instagram messages on a Sunday at 12 o'clock. Like that's what's going to make the biggest difference. And a lot of people don't want to do that. And that's what separates the people who are successful from the unsuccessful. So when you guys start to write down where you want to, where you're at and where you want to go, you have to ask yourself, you know, real basic questions. Like, what does my body look like? What do I want it to look like? And where am I at today? And don't make it worse than it is. Don't make it better than it is. Just, just tell it exactly like it is, right? And we do this. We, we, we're our own worst enemy. We look in the mirror and we pick apart the things that we hate about ourselves. And we're like, I look like a bag of shit. I'm terrible. And some dudes are different. Some dudes don't look so great and think they look like Brad Pitt from Troy. Don't do that either. <laughs> neither, neither option is ideal. Just, just have an honest assessment of where you're at. What does my body look like? What do I want it to look like? Where am I at today? You know, how do I want to feel in my, in my own skin? 
you know, in my joints? How strong do I want to be? How functional do I want to be? What does my body feel like? And what do I want it to feel like in the future? You know, how am I moving today versus how I moved when I was at my best? And if you start to create this ideal vision for yourself, you know, that can be one of the best motivators there is. And you can, you know, and again, don't compare to other people. You can look at like my Instagram and YouTube and our stuff and, and draw ideas from there. But you don't want my life. I, I promise you that. It's, you don't want to do what I do every day. I bring Heather on. She can tell you in detail. It's like living with, you know, fucking John Wick. I'm a serial killer. You don't want to, you don't want to have that uh, around all the time. But you guys have to figure out what you want to do, how you want to look, how you want to feel. And there's nothing more powerful for you guys than seeing, you know, and feeling like what you'll look like when you drop 5, 10, 15 pounds, or when you increase your, if it's, if you're a bench person, you want to increase your bench 5, 10, 15 pounds, whatever your goal is, or you gain five pounds of muscle over the course of a year, which is amazing. You're visualizing your body, you know, it's like this mindset, you're seeing what, what it could be in the future, if you're willing to keep pushing. And if you can see that, it should get you hyped up. And visualizing that can help push you forward and have you work harder than you, you possibly probably ever would have before. It's like if you played sports as a kid, right? Hopefully, if you were any good, even in high school, and this is anybody, like high school, college, whatever. If you were in high school and you averaged 20 points a game, I don't give a shit if you played in like nowhere North Dakota. Like you could get buckets, right? And you're probably the dude who visualized playing the game before you played it. Where the guy who just, you know, showed up and like didn't give a shit he's terrible it's the people who can visualize things and they play the game in their brain and they see it before it happens <clears throat> excuse me that sunday metcon's kicking in <clears throat> real bad the uh, you guys can get there but you have to believe it first before anybody else will and you have to see it and then you have to be willing to put in the work to get there <clears throat> i'm sorry with the coughing guys we did this terrible uh, Sunday Advanced Metcon workout today. It was, what do we do? Six and a half minute blocks. This has nothing to do with the podcast, by the way. I'm just going to go off cuff here. We did these six and a half minute blocks. So we worked for six and a half minutes, took 90 seconds in between, which is actually nothing. Uh, and we went through three rounds of that, but but for two cycles. So we did um, 100 yards of walking lunges and then max cows in the assault bike. Rest 90 seconds, 50 push-ups. Max Kells in the skier, rest 90 seconds, and then we did an overhead plate carry at the 45-pound plate around our building here, which is about 400 yards. And we did that two cycles through. It's about a 45-minute workout total. And uh, I'm coughing like I have the bird flu. It's disgusting, and I hate it, and I feel like shit. But I secretly love it because these guys are gangsters for showing up here. But that's why I'm coughing, so I apologize. Anytime you hear me uh, sound like I'm dying on a Sunday, it's because slowly I am inside. Number two. You got to list out your reasons. Um, and that's by far the biggest part of, of weight loss and fat loss and transformation in, in doing anything. Like if you're somebody who, you know, wanted to pay off your house, if you're somebody who wanted to, you know, pay off your student loans, if you wanted to graduate college, if you wanted to become, uh, you know, a C-level person in corporate America or just climb the corporate ladder, you have to list out the reasons why it matters, like your why right? You have to have a reason like why you give a fuck to even try and why you would dedicate time, effort, energy towards it. And if we're talking fitness, saying things like I want to lose five pounds, or I want to be fit, or I want to fit into a bikini, or I want to look good for uh, Coachella, like that shit just doesn't work, dude. Like it's not, it's not specific enough. Um, you're too broad, and it's not going to really help you refine and focus on your goals as you move forward. But if you write down exactly 
what you're looking to accomplish, you're more than likely to succeed. If you write it down exactly, for example, like the statement, I want to lose five pounds. How could we make that stronger? We could say something like, I want to lose five pounds so I don't get winded, you know, playing with my kids outside. I want to lose 30 pounds so I can actually go and hike the Grand Canyon. You know, that's more of a concrete reason, and that's going to help you stay motivated because it's not just about the weight. It's about being healthy. It's about your kids. It's about being functional. It's about longevity. It's about what you can do. You know, and I always go back to this as an example, and I don't mean to, to say this, you know, on every 50 podcasts we do, but we paid off our house, obviously, a month before, like, COVID really crushed America, and it's the most listened to podcast we've ever done. I do get a lot of people gave me a lot of shit when we posted on Instagram. Like I was a fucking idiot for paying off my house. Like I should have put the money into something else. And again, not having the full context of, of how we invest money and do things. But the reason I, I didn't just Heather and I just didn't set a goal like, Oh, we're just going to pay off our house just because we think it'd be fucking cool. That wasn't it. I want to pay off my house for me personally. And, and, and her, her, her reason will differ from mine. And if you want to really get down to it, you know, I grew up broke as a kid, didn't have a lot of money, um, a lot of financial uncertainty. It's not a fun place to be. You see your parents, you know, struggle with money. Um, I didn't want to have that feeling. I wanted to have a sense of security where I felt fucking bulletproof, just like in my body, right? I want to bulletproof my body the best I can. I wanted to do that for my life. So selfishly, I wanted to bulletproof myself and said, if the whole world went to shit and I sucked at fitness and everybody hated me, and I couldn't do anything else. At least I'd own my home. I'd always have a roof over my head. I wouldn't have to worry, you know, about, you know, living on the streets uh, and being destitute. But the biggest reason for me was if I dropped dead tomorrow, my wife has a place to live. Regardless of what happened, if I was a complete idiot with everything else and I didn't have a will set up and I had no investments and no money, my house is paid off and my wife would be a complete train wreck, hopefully until she finds some other dude and I'd come back as a ghost and haunt the fuck out of them both. But <laughs> in all seriousness, like I paid it off. So she would have a place to live. I felt as a responsible husband and a responsible man and as an adult, that was something I could gift her to make her life easier regardless of what happens to me in the future. And so that why for me was so goddamn important. That's why, you know, I say I'm going to do it in 24 months. I did in 14 months because fuck it, the reason mattered so much to me. And I think your goals have to be somewhere similar where that thing cuts so deep, you almost get emotional when you think about it. So a lot of people can be your kids, I'm sure. Um, but if we're talking health and fitness, it should be for you just so you can be here and you can experience life. You can run, you can jump, you can breathe, you can skip. That shit matters. And so find something that really lights you up and really motivates you, especially in the days where you get tired, you get run down, and you don't want to do this shit. Because I promise you, there was many days where we were trying to pay that thing down where I'm like, this is stupid. I could be driving this. I could be going on this. I could be doing all these things, but I'm staying true to this and budgeting and communicating. There's a lot of things that go into it. And that journey taught me so much. It's not just about the end goal. And that's what you guys are going to learn. Even though you have this, this why that matters so much and this goal that's pulling you forward, it's your North star. You're not pushing yourself anymore because the goal, it's like, you got a chain wrapped around your waist. That goal is like, in, it's like to a wench, right? And it's fucking pulling you out of the mud towards your goal. It's not just the goal. It's all the things you're going to learn along the way about yourself. That's going to prepare you for more things than just losing 10 pounds. Hopefully that made sense. Number three, your old self versus your new self. A great way to keep motivated 
even if the scale hasn't moved, which again, I'm not a fan of the scale. We have a whole podcast on why I think the scale sucks. Um, is that what it's called? I think it's called why the scale sucks or fuck the scale or something like that. Um, again, if you're 400 pounds and you're trying to lose weight, the scale is going to be, you're going to have to go on the scale once a week. There's a certain people who the scale there, it, it is a, it's a tool. It's a one trick pony. It's not the best pony, but it is a, a tool that can help you gauge a, a singular level of progress. But there's a great way for you guys who are the, the scale hoppers. And if you're going to get on the scale once a week's fine. Every Friday, maybe you pop on, you hop in the bathroom, you take a shit, you take a shower, you get on the scale, same time, same day, you can use it that way. But if the scale's not moving and you want to stay motivated, you got to think of yourself like like two different scenarios, right? Like the scale's not budging, you're a scale person and you're like, oh, I've been doing all this work, I've been eating right, I've been training, but the scale hasn't moved. Fuck it, I'm just going to quit. What I would ask you is, where will you be if you stopped eating right and exercising? Where will you be if you stopped eating right and exercising? And also ask yourself, where will you be if you continue to eat right and exercise every single day? And that's where I always come back to you're not just staying the same. Father time is pulling at you every day. Every day, regardless of what you want to believe, after the age of, I don't know, 20 years old probably, 21, 22, you're getting older, softer, and wrinklier. And most of you guys are probably around my age or older than me. Some of you guys who are younger, respect. You are also getting softer, older, and wrinklier. And your hair is getting thinner and grayer or whiter or it is falling out. And you're going to look just like me and Bruce Willis before you know it. The point I'm driving at is you have to really understand if you stop doing the things you're doing, you're not going to stay the same. You will only get worse. And I understand it's not super motivating. Uh, when you're not seeing massive progress, but what's your other choice? You know, if you believe that, you know, you'll still be fat and unhappy if you quit exercising, then that's all the motivation some people are, are going to need to keep going. You know, if you see yourself being, you know, fitter, healthier, stronger, more muscular or toned or more functional or sexier, or whatever the thing that drives you is, and having more energy and self-confidence, if you keep exercising, then why the fuck wouldn't you keep doing it? You know, if you can see yourself as this person, like as you're transforming, and you've already made so much progress, if you keep going, it's only going to get better. So if you're listening to me today, and you're discouraged, it hasn't moved as fast as you wanted it to. The scale hasn't moved, Jeremy. Uh, my clothes are the same. I think I look the same or I look a little bit worse. This is the worst you're going to look today. This is the most unhealthiest you'll ever be today. Because if every day moving forward, you keep eating better, you keep getting good sleep, you keep training, you keep doing everything you're supposed to do, then today, my friends, is the worst shape you'll ever fucking be in. Does that make sense what I'm saying? If you're not happy today, awesome. This is your rock bottom because tomorrow you can make a better food choice, you can make a better training choice, and you can make progress. That's it. You got to really think about yourself in these two distinct ways. And that's going to help you guys keep your eye on the prize. It'll keep you motivated. It'll keep you help making changes. And I understand it's tough. You know, when you're super huge, you're 400 pounds, everything works. The fitter you get, the harder it's going to be to make progress. The cool thing is, is the rich get richer meaning the fitter people get fitter. Your body becomes more efficient. You have more lean muscle. You have less body fat. And your body is just more efficient as you just sit on your ass. 
And, you know, motion creates emotion. So get up off your butt, you know, change your physiology and start moving a little bit. And that it's addictive. You know, once you, it's, a, it's like a, it's like a debt snowball, right? It's, we call it like a fitness snowball. Uh, Dave Ramsey's, you know, responsible for the debt snowball. You pay off your debt smallest to largest. So you pay a little one off and then it builds this momentum. Fitness is the same way. You don't got to make 50 good eating choices. You make one and then you make two and then you make three. You get one good workout in. You get one good mobility session in. You get one good night's sleep. And then that fitness snowball starts to add up. And once that thing gets rolling, it's really hard to stop. And I know it sucks, man, when you're not seeing a ton of progress. But hear me out here. What's my motivation at this point? Me personally, right? Who's talking to all of you guys? Yes, I take my shirt off and they pay us and we do all these projects for money. So there is external motivators. I get that. But when I go in here and train and I die, what, what am I going to get? Am I going to be leaner? Am I going to be way stronger? Am I going to build way more muscle? I don't think so. Those days are probably gone. If I eat a certain way, I guess I could be even leaner, but what the fuck for? Like, right, then I'm going to have like shreds in my glutes and I'm going to look emaciated and my wife probably want to have sex with me. So it's not a good look. Am I going to gain a bunch of size as I get closer to 40 years old? I don't think that's the best thing for my joints. So we all feel it in some regard, but the way I look at it is like, it's not about just the vanity metrics. It's not about just me that it's about me being more functionally healthy. Do my joints feel good? Can I still run and jump and skip and move? Can I go for hikes? Can I ride a bike? Can I do fun things? Can I still hop in, in these workouts and selfishly beat the shit out of 25 year olds that are here? Yeah, it's kind of fun to flex on them a little bit. The point being is there's a lot of different ways to measure progress and you guys just have to keep your eyes on the goals and not just the scale and not just certain metrics when you think you're not making progress. And if you feel like you're stalled, ask yourself, what would happen if you ate like shit and didn't train moving forward? I can promise you it'll not be good. Number four, set smaller realistic goals. We've talked about goal setting a lot. I'm not going to go into great detail. But by setting realistic goals, you're going to build self-confidence every time you reach a certain milestone towards your goals. Hence the fitness snowball. Hence the debt snowball. Hence, we call it little rocks, big rocks. You do enough of the little ones, the big ones are going to take care of themselves. That's how I've done everything in life. That's how we reach success. Most of us are not going to play the lottery and win. Most of us, you know, are not, you know, home run hitters. We're guys who hit singles. And you hit enough singles, all of a sudden you're batting 300 and you can get into the Hall of Fame. You know what I'm saying? Like it's these little things along the way. If your goal is to lose 10 pounds, then setting a goal to lose, let's say, a pound a week. And then hitting that goal week after week is going to help you stay focused and motivated and on the path to making a change. Setting unrealistic goals, however, you'll give up and you'll make an excuse. And you're never going to get anywhere close to your goals. They have to be in bite-sizable chunks. They really do. Uh, I'm a huge fan of that. So if you're someone who's listening, like, Jeremy, I have 52 pounds to lose. Cool. If you lost a half a pound to a pound a week for 52 weeks, you're going to be halfway towards your goal or all the way towards your goal. And for reference, a half a pound to a pound of, of fat loss per week is fucking amazing. It's, 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 it's awesome to do. If you're a person who's got 100 pounds to lose, you might be looking at a little bit longer process. And that's okay. We've had people here lose 100 pounds in a year. But they gave it everything they possibly could. I've had people here lose 50 pounds in a year, 80 pounds in a year, 90 pounds in a year, and they were killing themselves to get there. And they were so happy, but they didn't do it in a week. They didn't come in here and say, Oh, Jeremy, I didn't lose any weight this week. I'm like, who gives a shit? I go, this isn't the end all be all. This is a lifelong progression. So if you're losing a little bit each week, that's awesome. And sometimes it's not even those goals. It's just 
your goal is to work out three times a week for a half hour, hard as shit, every week for the next four weeks. So you're dedicating to get at least 12 workouts in in the next four weeks. Some of you are starting super small. Some of you are starting beyond that. If you have terrible hamstrings, they're super tight, uh, your piriformis sucks, your glutes are tight, you're going to do mobility five minutes a day, every day for the next 30 days. That's it. You're setting these small, realistic goals to so your hamstrings aren't as tight, so you are more mobile, so you don't have back pain. It's these little things we do along the way. If you guys are $50,000 in credit card debt, odds are you're not going to pay off all 50 grand this week. But if you can write a check for 500 bucks this week and stop putting shit on credit, you can slowly start to chunk that down. Smaller, realistic goals are going to get you there. That's the journey. That's how I've done everything. Um, I haven't had a lot of like one hit wonders and a lot of like one off successes. I just stacked up a little shit over and over and over again. And to me, my friends, consistency is the key. It's not what you guys do some of the time. It's what you do most of the time that matters. So the days when you don't want to show up, that shit matters. The days when you want to sleep in and you don't, that shit matters. The days where you just want to land your ass and watch football all day, but you went out and did a you know 20 minute workout and did 10 minutes of mobility. Those things compound over time to make you a healthy, fit person. Number five, you got to change how you think. This is probably the biggest key um, of all of them. In order to change your body, you're going to have to think positively um, and differently. Positive thoughts um, have always helped me, uh, obviously, in my life. And they do help with motivation, uh, be it uh, schoolwork, corporate America, your relationship, fat loss, finances, anything in life. Just having a, a positive outlook. And I'm not saying, you know, a sunshine and rainbows out your ass. You know, the, the world is, you know, raining unicorn tears on you and everything's great. I, I, don't, I don't mean that. I mean, be a realist, you know, but also be laced with positivity. Like, be a realist, but have it be laced with positivity as opposed to being a negative asshole. Because that's, nobody likes you and that's not going to help you do anything. If you don't believe in yourself, I can promise you almost nobody else will either. So instead of thinking to yourself, if you had a rough week last week, like oh, I missed five days this week in the gym, maybe say to yourself, you know what? It was a rough week. I had a bunch of shit going on, but at least I got two days in with my busy schedule and fuck it. Next week's going to be better. I'm not saying I'm passing off your excuses and, and giving you a pass for being a lazy ass, but if you got two kids and corporate America was driving you nuts and you were just mentally drained and exhausted and 14 things went wrong and you got to the gym at least twice, that's cool. Now next week, let's find a way to get there three, four days. Let's find a way to make it a little bit better. So you can't live life in the rear view. No, nothing good's going to happen back there. You got to just keep your eyes on the road moving forward. And there's better stuff ahead. So learn from it. Why did we skip the gym? Why didn't we make it happen? What happened to us? Give yourself a sliver of grace and keep that shit moving. Same goes for your eating. Instead of thinking, well, I ate like shit all week. Change it to say, well, two days this week, you know, I drank a ton of water. I ate within my macros. I had fruits. I had veggies. But the other five days were not great. I need to be better next week. Not I should be better next week. I must be better. We've talked about this on a podcast before, shoulds versus must. Should is something you say that like a lazy person says, well, I should work out, I should eat right. No, no, I must work out, I must eat right, I must be better this week than I was last week if I really want to make progress. Otherwise, I'm just a hamster on a wheel and I'm never going to get to where I want to go. Some other positive, you know, more mindful ways to look at things is 
you know, saying things to yourself like, I skipped the drive through, you know, going to and from work. I actually made my own food. Those are little wins. Pat yourself on the back for those. Or I noticed, you know, I'm feeling a lot better than I did a couple weeks ago. Those exercises are actually paying off. And, you know, when you're lifting, man, I actually feel way stronger. That was light today. You go for Ronnie Coleman, lightweight, baby. Um, things like that. You know, it's these little small changes in the way that you talk to yourself and think about yourself that can motivate you, you know, to make positive changes moving forward. You can't be your own worst enemy, though. You can't always be like, oh, I look like shit. I move like shit. I'm weak. Everybody else is stronger than me. Fuck that, dude. It doesn't matter what they're doing. And it doesn't matter where you're at today. You can identify it, but be like, man, where was I six months ago? Where was I a year ago? And if you were crushing it and COVID happened and you fell off the wagon, so be it. That shit's in the past. Keep it moving forward here. Number six, we talked about this for a second. You can't weigh yourself every two seconds, especially if you guys are are obsessed with that. Now, dudes, um, again, body dysmorphia is real. We have a whole podcast on it. Uh, I've suffered from it as a young dude. Now I'm pretty happy with my life and, and where I'm at, and I'm a realist too. But dudes sometimes want to be, you know, they want to be Arnold and they have this big orexia. They, they, even they could be ripped and look good, but they want to be bigger, you know, bigger muscles, better condition. And every dude I ever meet who's 25 years old, he wants to be bigger and leaner at the same time. So do I, dude. I want to, uh, you know, I want to make $10 million next year and work 15 hours a week. Sounds good in theory, but it's not going to fucking happen. So you have to be realistic with what your goal is. Are you trying to gain muscle or are you trying to lose fat? You're not going to do both at the same time. You know, you can't move forward as you go backwards. So you got to pick a lane. Am I going to build muscle and commit to that? Or am I going to be, you know, Stallone and Rocky Four and be shredded to the bone? That's your option too. But no matter what it is, you got to stop weighing yourself every two seconds. And I know it sounds strange, but one of the best ways to keep yourself motivated is to stop stepping on the scale every 15 seconds. The scale weighs everything inside your body. And so it's going to fluctuate over the course of a week and seeing the numbers change, you know, go up and down for better or worse. It makes a lot of people sad, depressed. It unmotivates them. It puts them in a shitty mood. So I would skip the scale and focus on how your clothes fit, how you're moving. Um, those are the best things to kind of gauge your progress and, and what you're really doing moving forward. It, uh, it only measures the mass of you. So did you take a shit today? How many carbohydrates did you eat? How much fluid is in your system? Again, it, it's a one-trick pony, and it's not a great one at that. And again, at the end of the day, nobody gives a shit what you guys weigh. You're not walking around with it and says, Jeremy weighs 213 pounds on his forehead today. And then he ate 10 cinnamon rolls, and he weighs 216 pounds today. Or he ate perfect, and he weighs 207 pounds today. Who gives a shit? Again, if you're 500 pounds, yeah, you're going to track it a little bit, but you don't have to live by it. And you can't give the scale this arbitrary power over you. It's like, you f I've worked really hard. I've ate good. I've trained. I've done everything right. And then I step on the scale and it says a number that I don't want it to say. And now I think I'm a failure. How fucking stupid is that? Right? Like how, how dumb is that? You're giving power to this machine that is just measuring the mass of you at the moment. And you could run around for an hour, sweat in the sauna, and then there's a six pound difference. Does that really mean you lost six pounds? No. And then if you go eat pizza and drink two beers and come step on it, and it's four pounds heavier. Does it mean you gain four pounds? No, it doesn't. It just measures the mass of you. It doesn't measure your progress. 
It doesn't measure your habits. It doesn't measure your happiness. It doesn't measure how strong you are, how fast you are, how mobile you've become. It just measures one thing. And it's a thing that most of us don't give a shit about. At least I don't. Number seven, you're going to have to audit and uh, constantly be evaluating you know, what you're doing, where you're at, where you're going, what's working and what's not working and something you have to manage. It's why being fit is really hard to do. It's why there's, you know, way more millionaires in America than super fit people because it's way easier to be a millionaire than be super fit because you can invest money over time, compound interest, and it will grow and eventually you'll be a millionaire. You can have a couple of good ideas. You can buy real estate. Things will appreciate. So you can have like You can make some money and the money will make money and all of a sudden you're super rich. Fitness doesn't work that way. It's you, you can't, you can't just set it and forget it is is what I'm saying. Like if you're a normal person, you work at a job and you started your 401k when you're 22 years old, you put in 500 bucks a month. It's not, you know, the first 100, $200,000 is going to take some time to grow. But after that, every seven years, give or take your returns, it's basically going to double. And all of a sudden you're a fucking millionaire. It's not rocket science. But for you guys in fitness, you can't do that. You can't work out really hard for a year and then be like, oh, it's going to pay off forever. No, because when you stop doing the stuff, it goes away a lot a lot quicker than it took you to get it. And that's the part that sucks. And that's the beauty of it. That's why I love fitness because it is so fair. You, you can't borrow it. You can't steal it. No one's going to give it to you. You just got to earn it. And you got to keep earning it day after day after day after day. So you're going to have to always be auditing what you're doing, how you're eating, how you're sleeping, how you're training, and manage it just like anything else that's important in your life. If you're not seeing changes or your goals are not being met consistently, it's probably time to make changes in what you're doing um, and in your expectations of yourself. And every month you should be kind of looking at your goals and, and the steps you're taking to reach them in order to see if you're being, you know, a lazy ass for one, or if you're being too aggressive. And if this will get you closer to your goals, if this will deter you from your goals, and then move forward. That's why I say you have to kind of audit what you're doing. And by reevaluating your goals and making your goals, you know, whether it be harder, or easier, or changing the timelines on them, it can really push you through the obstacles to help you really transform your body and make it look and move and feel the way that you want to. And so I get it. Um, when you guys are on a fitness journey, it's tough. Uh, you got 14 other things going on in your life, but, uh, if you want to be fit, you know, you got to give it the time it deserves. And I know building muscle can be hard. Being lean can be hard. Losing weight can be hard. And some days, you know, you win and some days you lose, you know, some days everything goes to plan and some days certain things goes to shit. But, you know, it's when you don't have a plan it makes things even harder and it causes you guys to lose a lot of momentum. And if you don't have a goal, if you don't have accountability, if you don't have a coach, it's hard to keep making progress week after week after week. And so for all of you guys listening, I think if you follow these kind of seven tips laid out, um, sky can be the limit for you for sure, but it is definitely not going to be easy, but most things in life, you know, worthwhile are not easy. And if it was easy, obviously everybody would do it, but not everybody does it. In fact, very, very few people do it. And I want to share this before I let you guys go. And hopefully some of these tips helped you guys if, if you're finding yourself like in a funk. 
And uh, obviously, we have a lot of technical other podcasts to walk you through all of the things that I kind of mentioned here. And if you have a question or there's a guide we can help you with, we have so much free shit at this point. It's literally ridiculous. Um, I'm happy. I'm happy to send it to you. Uh, but there is a a piece by um, Rory Vaden that he put out in Success Magazine not too long ago, and I believe the title was "Sheer Will Isn't the Problem, uh, Entitlement Is." And this is not for for everybody listening. We all have things that hold us back, and uh, obviously, there's a lot of things that go into that. It, it could be, you know, your circle of people is holding you back. It could be your husband or wife. Hopefully, it's not. It could be the career choices you've made. It can be genetics. It can be a lot of different things. He attacks it from the point of entitlement. And I don't want to sound like the old guy here, but I'm going to sound like the old guy here. I meet a lot of young people who inquire and ask me a lot of questions about health and fitness and and business and what I do here and what we've done here over time. And I, I try to put all these podcasts to answer these questions and the, one of the biggest ones I get is, hey, how do I grow my following? How do I grow my podcast? How do I grow my Instagram? How do I grow my email list? And, you know, what I tell them is just be awesome. You know, every single day, put out stuff that really helps people, um, that they can use, that educates them, that informs them, that maybe motivates them, inspires them, maybe even gets them to chuckle once in a while, but give them things of value. Provide them as much value as possible and do that every fucking day for 15 years because that's what I did. And that's not the answer that they want to hear. Uh, you know, but 15 years ago, I was training people in a park, you know, for free when it's 115 degrees, sweating my ass off. I was training people before I went to work, you know, at my one corporate job at five o'clock in the morning at a park, sweating balls, changed into my, you know, business attire, went to work and then trained people at night and then built the website basically at work because my boss was so cool and let me fuck around. The point was, is that I didn't feel entitled for anything and I didn't feel like I was owed anything and I didn't feel like success should just come to me. I didn't think somebody should offer me a job and pay me a hundred K a year. I didn't think I should be, you know, an advisor for men's health. I didn't think I should get a sponsorship with Reebok. I didn't think I should be a fucking millionaire. I didn't think any of those things were owed to me. And entitlement is a real thing and comparison is a real thing and people being impatient is a real thing. And on this journey, whatever yours is, especially if it's health and fitness, just be patient and appreciate the steps along the way. I promise you, if you can do that with a positive mindset, it's going to be so much better once you start to reach some of these goals. And he digs in and talks about sheer willpower isn't the problem entitlement is. And he goes on to say, I believe that most of the success, excuse me, I can't read. I'm like a six-year-old. I believe that most of the success is a result of one's ability to keep pressing forward with a high degree of intensity, regardless of the challenging circumstances. In words, it's perseverance. But the reason why most people don't persevere is different than you might expect. It's not because they lack willpower. It's because they're destined to quit. And it's not because other people are more capable. It's because most people struggle with entitlement. Entitlement is the belief that things shouldn't have to be so hard. That it's unfair for me to encounter so many challenges. Entitlement is the mindset that I've already gone through enough difficulty and things should be easier for me. Side note, I think we all can agree we've been there for a second. You know, like we've all been through shit. 
We all got shit we deal with in our lives. And sometimes I know you get to that fucking point and you're like, well, how much more shit do I got to go through? And the one thing I'll say is, you know, if you're in the middle of some shit right now in your life, just keep fucking going, man. Like, you don't want to sit there and stay there. And uh, all the shit that you guys have been through to this point in your life, it hasn't killed you yet. I've said it before and I'll say it again. It's only planted you. It didn't bury you. It didn't kill you. You're not dead. It just planted you to grow into the badass person you are today. And I know it feels like sometimes enough is enough, but you just got to keep moving. And somewhere along the journey, if you're out there, you're trying to build a business, be an entrepreneur, uh, graduate college, transform your physical body, climb the corporate ladder, whatever your thing is, you got to conquer this disgusting disease of entitlement. Because entitlement destroys your ability to reach your dreams because it erodes your ability to activate your own self-discipline. And that's the key here is to have a, a steel trap of a fucking mind that's so strong and disciplined that you're going to push through when most people quit. You're going to do it when nobody else wants to do it. On the days everybody else is laying on their ass, you're getting up and you're moving. Because we're all capable of continuing in the midst of the most difficult circumstances. We've all heard true stories of survival. People who hiked to safety in a plane crash or, you know, cutting off their own arms to survive. What was that movie where James Franco played that dude? Oh my God. Remember that? Like the dude's arm was trapped like in some boulders. Was that in Arizona or Utah? I know I'm just, I'm talking off the top here, but that dude cut off his own fucking arm to survive. Think about that with like a, with like a shitty little knife from his backpack. He was, had his arm trapped in between those rocks. Somebody can send me the message on what movie this is. Um, God, what was it? But James Franco played the guy and he cut off his own arm and then ran to safety and the dude's still alive today. If that guy can do that, you can stick to your goals. If that guy can do that, you can get out of debt. If that guy could cut off his own fucking arm to survive, you can do some split squats. Like, you can lose 20 pounds. A Navy SEAL friend of mine always says, and I quote, the human body can survive damn near anything. It's the mind that needs conditioning. The human body can survive damn near anything. It's the mind that needs conditioning. And the reason most of us don't endure is because of a much simpler reason than we often realize. We think we shouldn't have to. We incorrectly assume that if someone else has something, it should be simple for us to have it too. In the worst cases of entitlement, we feel that we're owed something and that's someone else's fault if we don't have it. And that's something I fucking hate. And I need to say this really quick. In the worst cases of entitlement, we feel we're owed something, and we feel like it's someone else's fault if we don't have it. And that's complete bullshit. It really is. If you're somebody out there who thinks that, you got to let go. That's a negative mindset. It's a cancer in your brain, and it's going to hold you back from doing anything and everything you want to do in your life. I'm not saying... <sighs> Some people aren't lucky with genetics. I'm not saying some people aren't lucky with finances. I'm not saying some people aren't lucky with having great parents. But we all got shit to deal with, man. And if I believed half the stuff that people told me, whether it's teachers or, fuck, even friends and other people, I would not be sitting here talking to you today. But I never felt entitled. And I never felt it was somebody else's fault that I wasn't winning. Early on in my life, yes. Teenager, early 20s. And then you stop and you're like, I sound like a little bitch. 
I sound like an asshole, like I'm owed something, like it's like it's it's the government's fault, it's somebody's, you know, whoever's in the White House, it's their fault, it's the, you know, it's my mom's fault, it's my dad's fault, it's the guy down the street's fault, it's nobody's fault but your own. You're the CEO of your own life. You make the decisions that push your life forward or push your life backwards because the worst case of entitlement, you feel like you're owed something and you feel like it's someone else's fault that you're not succeeding and winning. And that's just not fucking true. When you can let go of that and you can take extreme ownership and have accountability for everything that's going on in your life, good shit's going to start to happen. I promise you that. Because when you look in the mirror and you're like, yep, I fucked up. This is a mistake I made. Stuff gets real good, dude. Anything that sucks here at this business, it's because of me. It might not be my job. It might not be my task, but my name's on the building. My name's on the website. My name's on the t-shirts. Everything runs through me. And if something here is not going correctly, I'm going to take extreme ownership of it. Somebody else might carry out the task, but that shit's on me. So I don't blame anybody. My successes and my failures are their mine. They're mine alone. A lot of people help me along the way, and I'll always give them credit, but it's not their fault if I don't win. It's mine. Sorry, I got to get on a little side rant there for a second. So no matter the cause, you guys, we know for sure that the moment our entitlement engages, it's the exact moment that our self-discipline disengages, thus our inability to preserve and keep making progress. The power to preserve comes largely from realizing there's no other option. It's not only understanding, but embracing that life is a series of struggles and repeating a set of difficulties no matter who you are. I don't care if you're the richest or the poorest, you're the 400-pound person, or you're the guy who's the most ripped dude on the planet. There's going to be repeating sets of difficulties no matter who you are, and that's just life. It's never always going to be sunshine and rainbows and just an easy, smooth, paved road. You're going to have some peaks and valleys. You're going to have some storms and some shit to go through, and that's okay. You just keep on moving. But it's knowing that each individual obstacle is either going to make you stronger or weaker. And that's up to you. It's either going to defeat you or you're going to defeat it. And you can take some losses along the way. And you can get kicked in the face and you can lay on the ground and that's cool. But don't stay there for two fucking weeks. You got to get your ass back up and keep moving. And that brings us to the most important mindset, my friends, which we talked about before. That separates the ultra performers from everybody else. It separates the winners from the losers. The people who are below average the people that are average, that are good, that are great, and that are phenomenal. That's what separates us. It's if we can control our mind. If you can control your mind, you can control your flesh. And you can transform your mental, your physical, your emotional health. It changes everything. Because people who are phenomenal, the ultra performers, they know that success, it's never owned. It's only rented. And the rent is due. Every fucking day, man. And the people who are phenomenal, I call them gamers, right? Like the people who you can always count on them for anything. They're always going to over-deliver. I got a handful of them in my life that I work with. Uh, my boy Mike D, he's a gamer here. Uh, Matt Sizemore's a gamer. My wife's a gamer. Uh, Monica on our team. These are people who understand that you're only as good as your last at-bat. So if you hit three home runs yesterday... Nobody gives a shit today. It's just like you erase it. You, you, you can celebrate the wins in the moment, but you have short-term memory because the mindset is what separates the ultra performers from everybody else. 
It's those people who are not afraid of the idea that life is a continuous set of challenges. Life is a continuous set of challenges. If you, and that's why I love fitness so much, because it mirrors life so closely. Every week is a new set of workouts. Every week is a new set of challenges. And I don't care if you've done split squats 8,000 times. I, in one year, I did them every single day. One year, I did split squats every fucking day for the whole year. So I would not, I don't want to say not dread them because I still fucking hate them. But because I wanted to be so good at them, they weren't the thing that, you know, buried me. But every single workout I throw them in, it's still a challenge. Every single workout you do is still a challenge. Without those challenges, there is no resistance. With no resistance, there's no failure. With no failure, there is no growth. So the body can't adapt. It can't get stronger. It can't change. Life is the same way. If everything was easy, always a sunny day, you always won you know, at the casino, and everybody thought you're a badass, I promise you it would get miserable in a hurry because you would never change. You'd never grow. You'd be stagnant and you'd be unfulfilled in ways you can't even imagine. I know for some of you guys that sounds fucking crazy, but it's the truth. If everybody told you you walked on fucking water and you were great and there was never any feedback or kickback or resistance, only bad things would happen. So it's the people who are amazing. They're not afraid to understand that the idea is just life. Constantly setting challenges and challenging you day after day after day. Instead of being defeated by that, the people who are awesome, they're empowered by the notion that they have overcome things in the past and they're going to continue to overcome things in the future. The fittest people, the happiest people, the most successful people, the highest earners, the most gangster entrepreneurs, they don't subscribe to this lie that once you've achieved a certain amount of success that you've fucking made it, you know, that you've won. They know that they aren't owed anything. They don't waste time or energy complaining about being frustrated that things are hard or not going perfect. And a side note, you guys, the day that you wake up and say, you know what, I made it. I'm the best ever. I think it's the day that you probably lose. You know, I know Michael Jordan knows he's the GOAT, but he never says it. You know he knows it. You know he, he probably says it in his head, and he probably thinks it every second of the day, and he should because he's, you know, he's Jordan. But he doesn't say it. And I don't think ever when he was playing, he just stopped and was like, you know what, I've made it. I'm the greatest of all time. I'm going to stop working hard. And I think you can take that a lot from some of the best people. Because the best of us out there, we know that it's inherently part of the process because, again, your success is never owned. It's rented, and the rent's due every single day. And in any field of life, I don't care what you guys are in, the great people thrive on knowing, you know, how successful or unsuccessful they were yesterday. And it makes no difference to them. In either case, the only thing that matters is how they show up and what they do today. So if you're someone who is struggling with your weight, you're struggling in the gym, you're struggling to be motivated, uh, you know, you're a low achiever, maybe your grades in school suck right now, or your finances are fucked, and uh, you're in a job that sucks, just understand your past does not equal your future. And your past doesn't matter. You can get started on a new track today. Like as soon as you get off this podcast and drop me a five star because you fucking loved it, you can start moving forward and you can be something different. 
because you're writing the story, nobody else. It's no one else's fault, nobody else is in control but you. And that's a good fucking place to be in, man. When you are in the driver's seat and you can create a life that you want and you can create a body that you want that looks and moves and feels the way that it should, that's badass. And if you're somebody out there who's already crushing it, you're already a high achiever, your past doesn't matter either. Nobody gives a shit about the three home runs you hit yesterday. We just care about you're at bat today. And you got to keep moving forward as well. And all that matters is the choice that you make today. So keep going and keep pushing and keep doing all the shit you need to do to get to exactly where you want to go. That's it, my friends. Uh, I know that was a little bit different and kind of roundabout way. Uh, If you were not motivated, hopefully that got you to get up off your ass. And sometimes it's all stuff you guys know, but just hearing it come from somebody else and, uh, you know, hearing something, it it can help. Uh, Just spark a fire or maybe have you throw one or two things into the mix that you weren't doing uh, to put you on a track to be successful. I know, you know, at this point, I've created a whole environment and an ecosystem that allows me to do that. I surround myself with with people who I think are successful. And I, what I mean by successful is, is they're, they're good people. They work hard. They're honest. Uh, they're not competing with one another. They're just competing with themselves. And uh, we all sharpen each other. Iron sharpens iron. Just like our Sunday Metcon groups here. Just like all the other entrepreneurs I have as clients who come in here and, and they share their best practices of what they do at their business and, and with their finances and how they live their lives. And I look at people as a whole and I look at things like that, how happy people are, you know, how fit they are, how they're enjoying life. And I want to surround myself with those kind of humans. And if, if I can be that, you know, audio extension for you guys, or if you're watching on YouTube, if we can be that for you, great. Uh, it just helps. It just helps to hear things, to reaffirm what you're doing is going to work and know that like we all, we all take losses and we all have shitty days. I'm no different every day. I love what I do for a living. Don't get me wrong, but there's some days where I wake up and I ask myself like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? And I think that's natural and okay. And there's days where I'm not motivated to train and I sit and do mobility for 20 minutes and I stare at myself in the mirror and I got to, you know, find you know, whatever it is to motivate me. Uh, Sometimes it can be, you know, thinking of of something somebody said to me 15 years ago and taking that negative energy and just putting it out here, just putting on a Tupac song or whatever the thing is, we all have to hype ourselves up and be like, you know what? It doesn't matter what I did yesterday. It matters about the effort I put in today. And every single night when you go to sleep and you look in the mirror, you ask yourself, you know what? Did I give an honest effort today? Did I do everything in my power to put myself closer to my goals and be successful? And the answer is yes. You're on the right track, man. If the answer is no, it's okay. Who gives a shit? Tomorrow's a new day. Another chance to get it right. Another chance to eat better, train harder, and do the things you have to do to put yourself in the position to win. So hopefully you guys dug that. Again, if you happen to be on Apple Podcasts, scroll down, drop it a five-star, leave a comment. We truly do appreciate it. It means you know, it means a lot to us. It really does. This thing has become way bigger than I ever thought it would be. I appreciate you guys who want to listen to me ramble on. If you have Request for the podcast for myself, for Heather, or the guests that come on. Please send them in. If you're watching on YouTube again, thank you guys. I appreciate it. Other than that, um, next week's a little bit funky for me. I'm actually getting on a plane for the first time in a long time. I have not seen my old man in two fucking years, which is really sad. So I'm going to get to see him and see some of my homies as well. And uh, if I can't get you guys a podcast by the weekend, I'll do my best to get you one on July the 5th. 
uh, and a bunch of other stuff in between then. So again, we appreciate you. Reminder, if you want to hook up uh, any of the Beam products, the dream product I take for sleep, beamtlc.com. The code is Jeremy Scott for all the discounts. Or I can send you a couple sample packs to try for free. And also athleticgreens.com slash Jeremy Scott. We get you a year supply of free vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first order. Or hit me up and I'll send you a pack of greens to try yourself. Then you can get hooked up with all the free stuff. So I appreciate you guys as always. Um, share it with the buddy if you think it can help them, especially if they're at a plateau or they're like unmotivated to be fit or unmotivated to do anything. I think this can be uh, helpful for almost anyone. I know there's a lot of times in my life where people said things to me that little fire in my ass and kicked me in the face. And sometimes I'll even click on a little David Goggins click and he'll give me a little, uh, little fuck you advice to, to kind of help motivate me as well. So we all have somebody and we all have things that we reach out to and look to for inspiration. And hopefully this can be that for you guys. So we appreciate you. And until next time, eat well, train hard, be nice to people. And please, you guys keep doing shit. You love with people you enjoy because your life is too short not to. I'll talk to you soon. Peace.